shows love. Marriage shows indescribable, unconditional, absolute, pure, authentic expressions of love. Yeah, if you want what I got, come and get it. Good morning to our 11.15 service. Come on, put your hands together. Warm the room up with a little bit of faith and expectation. It's so good having you at church this spring forward weekend. Uh, in two weeks' time, we're going to start a brand new series called Come and See. Uh, we are believing that we are going to have the most fruitful Easter season ever. We're going to see people come and hear the gospel. Uh, one of the greatest evangelists on planet Earth, Clayton King, will be preaching his finest ever evangelistic message. And we are praying and believing for more than a thousand people to give their lives to Jesus. Come on, over this Easter weekend coming up. So leading into that, to align us as a church, we're going to be doing a series called Come and See. We're going to unpackage this concept that God uses us to partner with Him to bring our family and friends into a relationship with the living God. How exciting is that? Come on. So Come and See, two weeks time. But this week, we continue our life-giving church series. And uh, um, the person speaking this morning is uh, a special friend of mine. In fact, he's a brother. And he shared at our Tighter the Knot conference uh, yesterday. And he's an amazing communicator, uh, brilliant, wise, funny. Uh, but most importantly, an amazing husband to Juliet, a great dad to Nathan and Noah, uh, and a friend of this church. So can you do something with me right now on every single campus? Just prepare your heart, lean in, get ready. Take a deep breath and lose your mind, cheer and clap your hands as we welcome, come on, Tim Ross to the stage. Let's do that. Come on. Hey, y'all. That's good enough for me. Let's give it up for Jesus Christ one good time. Our King, our Lord, our Savior, our friend. Amen. So excited to be with you all, grateful to be with Pastor Brad and the, the lead teams. I, I, am, I am so happy uh, to be a part of this family, and uh, I'm grateful that I get to serve this weekend. Uh, I, I have a very distinct assignment, okay? My, my assignment is to put some courage on the inside of you today. Uh, do I have your permission to put some courage on the inside of you today would you be okay with that if you if you walked out of this room today uh like you could walk through a wall would you feel good about that I don't want you to try it I just want you to feel like you can run through a wall is that all right so um uh, I'm a part of uh this series right now my 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 assignment is to get you excited about being activated to be used by God and I just want to reiterate what the, the, the mission of this church is, that New Spring Church is a life-giving church marked by the presence of God activating us to impact others. And, and so my assignment is to activate. In, in, in two weeks' time, you're going to start a, a series called Come and See, but, but I feel like I'm supposed to jumpstart you today 
as it relates to activation, and you will be activated by the end of this message, or something's wrong with you, there's nothing wrong with me. All right? So, so if you have your Bibles, I want you to open them to Judges chapter number 6. Going to read 16 verses. You're going to deal with that. Um, uh, if you have your app, pull it up. The notes will pop up as well. Uh, you can follow along in there. Uh, but I want to read these verses to you, and then I'll give you the title of the message, and we'll jump right in. Is that all right? Here's what it says. The Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight, so the Lord handed them over to the Midianites for seven years. The Midianites were so cruel that the Israelites made hiding places for themselves in the mountains, caves, and strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, marauders from Midian, Amalek, and the people of the east would attack Israel, camping in the land and destroying crops as far away as Gaza. They left the Israelites with nothing to eat, taking all the sheep, goats, cattle, and donkeys. These enemy hordes coming with their livestock and tents were as thick as locusts. They arrived on droves of camels, too numerous to count. And they stayed until the land was stripped bare. So Israel was reduced to starvation by the Midianites. Then the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help. When they cried out to the Lord because of Midian, the Lord sent a prophet to the Israelites. He said, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, I brought you up out of the slavery in Egypt. I rescued you from the Egyptians and from all who oppressed you. I drove out your enemies and gave you their land. I told you, I am the Lord your God. You must not worship the God of the Amorites in whose land you now live. But you have not listened to me. Then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree at Oprah, which belonged to Joash of the clan of Abizar. Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of a wine press to hide the grain from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why, why has all this happened to us? And where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us up out of Egypt, but now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites? Then the Lord turned to him and said, go with the strength you have and Rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. But Lord, Gideon replied, how, like how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh and I am the least in my entire family. The Lord said to him, I will be with you and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. That's good stuff. That's good reading. If you're taking notes on this message, the title of this message is very simple. Four words. You can do it. You can do it. Everybody put your index finger up like this. Everybody put the index finger up like this. Now point it at your chest. Keep it there very firm right there by your sternum. Repeat after me. I can do this. A little bit louder. I can do this. This time with an attitude and a head bop. I can do this. That's what I'm talking about. Bow your heads. Let's pray, shall we? Holy Spirit, help us to do this. Amen. 
That's it. That's the end of the prayer. <laughs> I pray quick. I'm the one you want over for Thanksgiving dinner. You eat it when it's hot. Judges is actually a sad book because there's this vacillation uh, between obedience and disobedience over and over and over again. The promises God had given to Israel seem to fade in times of peace and comfort. And when that peace and comfort uh, is something that they relax in, they move away from their fidelity in God. Disobedience begins to set in, and then things change. On an individual level, when we are disobedient in our relationship with God, there are consequences that we pay for that behavior or inactivity, apathy. But when it happens corporately, God knows how to give consequences that way too. And in the corporate sense, the children of Israel had disobeyed God in mass to the point that God used the Midianites to give them a spanking. For seven years, they were harassed, abused, taken advantage of by the Midianites. So much so that it put all of Israel on the run. They put them in hiding. They marauded their towns. They pillaged and ravaged their communities. Every time harvest came, they came and stole their crops. It reduced the children of Israel to starvation. And it was only when those consequences had compounded and they had got, gotten tired of their situation that they cry out to the Lord again. God, help us. Anybody beside me get sick of your own situation and just yell out, God, help me. And he sends a prophet to remind him, hey, I am the God that brought you out of Egypt. I am the God that brought you through the Red Sea. I'm the God that provided for you in the wilderness. I am the God that brought you safely into the promised land. You can't forget the things I've done for you when you are in times of peace and comfort. Don't take my goodness for granted when things are going well in your life. And he says, listen, I'm not going to leave you in this situation. I'm so grateful that you've seen the error of your ways. I will make sure that you are freed from this situation. I have just the guy for the job. And an angel comes down and he finds Gideon. And Gideon, we are introduced to in Scripture as a man who is threshing wheat in a wine press. His location does not match his vocation. It would be the equivalent of, of, of someone working on their automobile at the bottom of a swimming pool. Where's your mechanic? In the backyard. He's working on my car. Where is it? At the bottom of the pool. He just feels safer there, underwater, with his oxygen mask on and tank because, you know, there's a lot of thieves in the area nowadays. This doesn't match. This doesn't make any sense. And when the angel comes to him, it's one of the greatest salutations you could ever get in the entire Old Testament. Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Now, can I just pause? If I was in my quiet time and an angel came to me and called me a mighty hero, all of y'all would know. 
Like, like, I'm not even on social media. I would get back on social media just to post. The Lord said that I was his mighty hero. I would tell my wife, I would call my best friend. You're already saying you're God's favorite, but guess what he called me this morning in my devotion time? Mighty hero. The Lord is with you. Gideon can't even receive what God has said about him because he's too focused on what he's going through. Huh? I'm a hero. Nah, I'm not a hero. Nothing heroic about this situation. Do you see what we're going through right now, Lord? Everything that's happening right now is, is, is so bad. I, what happened to the God that, that brought us through in, 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 the, in, the, in the other days, but, but, but we're not in that situation now? And I love God's response. He doesn't even address his complaint. He just goes, go with the strength you have. Like, yeah, yeah, I heard that, but yeah, it doesn't matter. Just go with the strength you have. And Gideon's response to that is to remind God who he's chosen for this task. Hey, God, I'm pretty sure you got the wrong address. I'm not sure if you know this or not, but um, how can I break this down to you? Um, we just did um, our Ancestry.com uh, saliva test. And uh, just to make sure that we were accurate, we followed it up with the 23andMe test. Um, and God, here's what we found out. Uh, we're weak. Yeah, all of us. Um, uh, the, the tribe of Manasseh, what we found is uh, by empirical data, we can prove that, that we're the weakest tribe out of all the tribes. But it gets worse, God. Um, we're the weakest tribe, um, but then we found out uh, that the clan I'm from is the weakest clan from the weakest tribe in all of Israel. And if that were not enough, God, we're, we're the weakest tribe, right? This is, this is hilarious. But then we're also the weakest clan. But then in my family, I am the weakest person in the entire family. And God, I found this out on a weak day. I love y'all. Those that laughed, I love you. Those that didn't, I'm praying. Because it gets worse. He's reminding God that he cannot be used in this moment because he's weak. You, you, you clearly want to call somebody else for this because I'm not the person for the job. To which God responds again, not even addressing his family tree and the weakness thereof. He says, well, you're going to go fight <laughs> the Midianites. And you're going to beat them as if you were fighting one man. What's amazing to me is that when God identifies you as a person that he wants to use, he will not take any of your excuses into account when he's the one that has spoken and chosen you to do something for him. 
And so I want to give you three points to this message. I want to give you the three reasons why you can do it. I want to give you the three reasons why whatever God has called you to do, you are equipped and anointed to do. And here's point number one. Please write this down. The first reason why you can do it is because God has a plan for you. God has a plan for you. Here's what it says in Judges 6, verse number 12. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. That is enough. The moment God calls you a hero, you are a hero. Well, I don't feel like a hero. Don't matter. If God calls you a hero, you're a hero because there's nothing that God speaks that can come back void. So if he speaks it over you, best believe it is something that he has called you to do. Ephesians 2.10 is one of my favorite verses in the entire Bible. Here's what the first sentence says. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Now keep that up for just a moment because that first sentence is spectacular. For we are God's masterpiece. Now, let me tell you why I know that, that you don't think that you can do it. Because I just read you one of the most profound sentences in the Bible, and you just stood there. Well, you didn't stand, you're sitting. You literally just sat there and heard that you are God's masterpiece, and you just went, hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm working on it. You know, I still got some rough edges and I'm praying through some things, going through some recovery, have some counseling sessions, have four left. Maybe I'll feel more like a, more like a masterpiece by 2021. I'm on a goal. I'm trending. It didn't say you were going to be. It literally said you are right now. You are God's masterpiece right now. now. Now, here's the reason why you can't get excited, because you can't take a compliment. I can sit in the lobby today, and I can walk up to you and go, man, that's a really nice jacket. Oh, man, this old thing, I got it. I've had this thing from high school, and I, I can't, I'm surprised I can still fit it. I did not ask for the origin story of your jacket. I just said it was nice. The only thing you had to say was thank you. But all these disclaimers let me know that you can't receive a compliment. Hey, your hair looks really nice. Oh, man, the roots are starting to change, though, because my hairdresser got caught on a boat with coronavirus, and she won't be back for three weeks, and so I'm just still waiting, and oh, man, I've tried to touch it up. My Shut up! Your hair is cute. Just say thank you. Nobody asked for the origin story of Lisa on the coronavirus virus. Stop it! God says you're his masterpiece right now. You're not working on it. You're not going to be one. You are his masterpiece right now. And he has plans for you right now. Goes on to say that we've been created anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things, the good things that he planned for us long ago. Do you not know that God has planned for you? 
that before he said, let there be light, he was thinking about when you would come into the earth realm and the things that you would do for him that no one else can do for him. There are things you can do that no one else can do because he planned for you to do them. I think the scenes in heaven go a little bit something like this, that somebody gives their life to Christ and God is sitting up there in his holiness and the angels are going around him and he's crying holy and Michelle gives her life to Jesus. And God's like, hold on, hold on, hold on, angels, shh, already know I'm holy, calm down real quick. Michelle just gave her life to Jesus. Oh, I've been waiting on Michelle. Oh my goodness, I could, before I said, let there be light, I was thinking about Michelle, and I was thinking about when Michelle was going to be born. She was going to be born in 1976, and I knew that she was going to give her life to me, and that as she began to develop and grow, I cannot wait. I, ooh, I, I've had plans for Michelle since the foundations of the world, because Michelle works as a nurse at that hospital, and there are going to be more people that give their life to Jesus. There are going to be more people that get healed, not because of the medicine, but because Michelle laid hands on them. The other nurses and doctors are going to see Michelle's light shining and they're going to ultimately have a seed planted in their heart that is going to be open to the things of God and the move of God. There's going to be medical miracles that are documented that Michelle's going to be nodding at the doctor going, I told you. I've planned for her to be there. Pastor Brad can't reach him. Pastor Dan can't reach him. No, 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 they need to hear it through Michelle. I'm just going to build some relational equity. Also, Michelle's going to go ahead and break that generational curse that's been in her family for four generations, and she's going to be the first one to walk out and live in the blessing of the Lord and not just visit it. I got plans for Michelle. Sweet, oh, angel, stop again. Gary just got saved. Gary the alcoholic? Yes, Gary the alcoholic. That dude's going to get sober and all his drinking buddies over the course of 12 years are going to wind up giving their life to Jesus. I've been waiting for Gary. The enemy tried to take him out with that liquor, but listen, once he got filled with that real wine, his whole life changed. I've had plans for him from the beginning. Everybody wrote Gary off and said he would never be anything, but they didn't count on the fact that I had plans for him. I'm telling you, I can go up and down these rows. This is not a duck, duck, goose message. If you're sitting in here, you're watching at any of our campuses or watching online, I'm telling you, God has a plan for your life. Which brings me to point number two. Please write this down. God is strong in you. God is strong in you. Judges chapter number six, verse number 14 says this. Then the Lord turned to him and said, go with the strength you have. That's hilarious. And rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. Go with the strength you have. That's an incredible statement to say to a guy who thinks he's super weak. Go with the strength that you have. Um, the only strength I have, Lord, is weakness. 
I'm not sure that counts. I think that's antithetical to what you need. And he goes, no, no, that's enough. But like, I'm really weak, sir. I can't even do that much. And he's like, it doesn't matter. I got, I got it. I'm with you. Me plus you equals victory every single time. You by yourself, you're right. You're done. Me plus you, woohoo, you win. So get over yourself and I need you to come with me. Here's what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter number 12, verse number 8. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. This is Paul talking about the thorn that was in his flesh. Three different times he had begged the Lord to take it away. And here is the Lord's response. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. Are you seeing a theme here? You start telling God what you can't do. God doesn't even respond to the stuff you're telling him. But what about my trauma? He's like, yeah, yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. This is so awesome. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Could it be that your, your, your prerequisite to being used by God is to have a weakness? Let's take a quick poll. Anybody in here got a weak area? That better be every hand. Or I'm going to do another message on pride. Anybody got some weaknesses in here that you're like, oh, Lord, not to, don't use me on Tuesdays because something about Tuesdays, I don't act right on Tuesdays. When you're self-aware, that's when God goes, oh, you know, you're weak, sweet. Then you will never try to take my glory. Good thing you know it. I'm one of those people that when God called, I was like, no, nah, I don't think you want to. Not sure you want me. I got sexually abused when I was eight years old by a neighbor that lived across the street from me. Got exposed to pornography when I was 12 years old. I was a full-blown porn addict by the time I was 19. I gave my life to Christ January 14th of 1996 when I was 20 and a half years old and five weeks later preached my first sermon. I was like, I don't think you want me. Call somebody else. He's like, no, 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 I want you. I was like, yeah, no. Mm -mm. I don't think you do because I got trauma and it's real. And he's like, yeah, 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 I want you. And I'm like, no, because, you know, uh, my brain's been rewired and I got an addiction. He's like, yep, still want you. I'm like, no, God, I wasn't at the front of the youth group saying, use me, God, to shake a generation. I was at the back of the youth conference saying, use him, God, to shake a generation. <laughs> he really wants it, Lord, use him. He's at the front with yellow on. He wants a word. God's going, no, it's you. And I'm like, but I have low self-esteem. I don't even believe I could do this. You. But, but I have deep-seated insecurities. I'm, I'm, I'm always comparing myself. I never think I'm good enough. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You. And I'm like, but I'm a people pleaser, and I just I have a hard time telling people no. And he's like, cool, tell me yes. Yeah. 
he's like, anything people want to hear. He's like, you. I'm weak. Great news, Tim. I'm strong. Are we done with this conversation now? I got plans for you. God wants to be strong on the inside of you. And every time you come with an excuse, he's just going to come back with his reason. I called you. I love you. I've graced you. I've anointed you. You can't do it without me, but with me, all things are possible. Let me have my way in and through you. Point number three, write it down. The third reason why you can do this is because God is with you. The third reason why you're going to do it is because God is with you. Judges chapter number six, verse number 16 says this. The Lord said to him, I will be with you, period. Can I just stop right there? Oh, if I could do a backflip, I would hit it right now. <laughs> I will be with you. You're going to go into this situation and I will be with you and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. Do you know how different your walk would be if you were convinced God was with you? Do you know how different your confidence level would be if you knew God was the one that was with you? I was born and raised in Inglewood, California, the hood. Okay, my oldest brother is 10 years older than me. He founded a gang in Los Angeles. I was only in the gang for seven days uh, because they were like, you know what, you're not gang material, get out. Just go back to school, kid. You're, you're not ready for this life. Uh, uh, the only benefit I got from the gang affiliation is that no one messed with me in school. N not because uh, uh, of I was some uh, uh, imposing figure. Uh, uh, I, I only weigh about 40 pounds more than I weighed in, in high school as a senior. I've always been a skinny kid and, you know, just, uh, I can run from you fast, but I just, you know, wasn't going to be no knuckles thrown because I'm brittle here in this area. Wasn't going to happen. But nobody messed with me in school. You know why? Because as soon as I invoked the name Peanut, that was my brother's gang name. As soon as people found out, Peanut is his brother. They were like, you know what? I didn't mean what I had said. And I was like, yeah. I bet you didn't. That's right. Now, do you honestly think I am going to have more confidence in my big brother's former gang name of Peanut than I have in the only name that delivers, the only name that heals, the only name that sets free, the only name that breaks chains, the name of Jesus Christ. When I know God is with me, I just walk with a different confidence and step. Here's what it says in Isaiah chapter number 43, verses one through three. But now, oh, Jacob, and whenever you see something like this and you need a word for your life, just change the name with your name. But now, oh, Tim, listen to the Lord who created you. Oh, Timothy, the one who formed you says, do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Can I just pause right there? That should give somebody a little bop in their step. 
walking out of here knowing that I belong to God. It's possessive. He loves me. He tells me I am his own. You are mine. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave ransom. I gave Egypt as a ransom for your freedom. I gave Ethiopia and Seba in your place. He is walking with you. No matter what kind of difficult season you might be going through in your life, you are not going through that season alone. God is with you. Well, Tim, this is the hardest time I've ever gone through in my life. God is with you. It's the most difficult season in my marriage. God is with you. My kids are crazy. God is with you and he's with them. He's walking with you through this season of life. You are not in it by yourself. Here's what it says in Exodus chapter number three, verse number 14. Moses wants to know, how, how, how do I know that you're going to be with me? And when I get there, who should I tell them sent me? God's response to Moses is, I am who I am. Can I just stop right there? That's the most gangster statement in the entire Old Testament, in my opinion. I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Now, I got to pause right here and break this down because this right here is amazing to me. Think about this. God says, hey, I want you to go down there, uh, but you're going to need a different name. You're going to need a different name than the names I've been giving people. Uh, Jehovah Jireh is going to be too limited because they're only going to think I'm provision. Jehovah Shalom is going to be too limited. They're only going to think I'm peace. You need what I like to refer to as the blank check name. You need the name uh, uh, that whatever you need me to be, I will be. So he says, uh, tell them I am sent you. Who? What kind of name is that? I should, I should start using that with my kids. <laughs> go tell Nathan to come here. Well, dad already asked him, but he said no. No, go back and you tell him I am. Said, come here. He's probably still not going to come, but I'm just saying. <laughs> Here's the thing. He says, I am has sent me to you. And when you hear that word, I am, you know that you're getting an all-inclusive God that's coming into the situation. If you need me to be a cloud by day, I'll give you the shade. If you need me to be a pillar by night, I'll bring the warmth. If you need me to be water out of a rock, I will become that. If you need me to be manna from heaven, I will become that. God uses it in the Old Testament. His son uses it in the New Testament. John chapter number eight, verse number 58 says this. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. This is another gangster statement in my opinion. Before Abraham was even born, I am. That's a mic drop moment right there. They're like, who are you? And what about Moses? And what about this person? He was like, no, nah, before they were even born, I am. He didn't say I was because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He said, I am. I was I am then. I am, am, I am now. I will, I will be I am for the rest of eternity. And that's who you have with you. Here's what it says in Matthew chapter number 28, verse number 20. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That's the way we read that. Leave it up. That's the way we read that, but that's not the way you should read that. 
You should read it that, this way. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. I am with you always. You have the I am with you always. This is the reason why you can do what he's called you to do. Now, let me tell you, when you start living like this, when you get turned on, switched on, activated in this way, your life becomes increasingly more fun because you have no idea when he wants to do what he wants to do through you. And it just makes every day a surprise because you lived your life turned on and activated to where you get up every morning. You're like, what you going to do today, Lord? I'll obey you. Don't scare me, though. But I think I'm ready. I've been doing this for 24 years. It's, been, it's, be, it's become more amusing every single year. So about four months ago, uh, I went to H&M with my friend uh, uh, to take him shopping. Uh, I've recently become a minimalist in my wardrobe. And, and so uh, I only have like 25 white shirts, uh, long sleeve, short sleeve, no sleeve, some dress shirts. I have about nine blazers, four pair of pants, two pair of belts, six pair of shoes. Minimalist. I love it. I never have to pack anymore and go, what am I going to wear in the morning? Just get up in the morning going, I'll look like yesterday. <laughs> and so I took him to H&M and I bought him a couple of blazers. I bought him some T-shirts and I was giving him his baseline clothing uh, uh, options to become a minimalist like his big spiritual brother. And while I was in line, um, there was a young lady behind me and the Holy Spirit said, I want you to buy her clothes. And I was like, Got it. And so uh, for a moment, I'm like, you know, do you really want me to do that? Or is this me talking? Or, and the Holy Spirit's like, bro, for real? You were going to treat your friend, but were you thinking about anybody else? And I was like, no, my bad. So I turned to her, and she has a bag of clothes in her hand. And I just take the bag of clothes out of her hand, and I say, don't make this weird. You just got to be bold, okay? And she's like, what are you, I don't understand. What are, what are you doing? Oh, my God, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm just buying your clothes. And she was like, what, you can't. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cry. And I was like, hey, I just felt like I needed to bless you today. And she was like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, you're so nice. Can I give you a hug? I was like, absolutely. And my friend hugs her. And she gets her stuff. And I leave. Like, I didn't evangelize her. I'd have been like, yeah, yeah. So anyway, you know, the Lord loves you, right? No, well, I just left. <laughs> just walked off. I walked off, and I just knew that the Lord told me to do that, and I did it, and I was done. Four months later, last week, last week, I am at a restaurant that I've only been like three times in my entire life. I have a friend that thought I lived in one, that, that, that I thought they lived in one city. They lived in a different city. And so I, I picked that restaurant because I thought it was closer for both of us. If I had known that they lived uh, on the other side of town, I would have picked a different restaurant. God was organizing something because God doesn't play chess. He plays checkers. I mean, he doesn't play checkers. He plays chess. He's strategic. And so um, we sit down at the restaurant and uh, 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 a mom and her daughter sit down two tables from us. And I'm just sitting, eating cheese grits and eggs and having a great conversation with my friend. And, and a young girl from two tables down gets up and taps me on the shoulder. And she goes, were you at H&M four months ago? 
And I was like, I think? She was like, you bought my clothes. And I said, oh, I remember you. And she goes, today's my 21st birthday. And you don't have no idea when you bought those clothes. I, I had just, it's like my first time stepping out and believing God in faith for anything. And, and I didn't, I bought the, I needed the clothes because I was pledging for a sorority. And, and I was standing there and I was like, God, if they don't have a student discount and if they don't, if they don't give me 15% off, then I don't know how I'm going to afford these clothes. And right when I was thinking that, you came over and you said, don't make this weird. Then she pulls out her phone and starts scrolling and goes, I wrote this whole testimony on Instagram and I I never thought I was going to see you again and now I'm seeing you right now and I don't even know. So then I'm like, I don't even understand what's going on here. She goes on to tell me that she had just come off of a 21-day fast. And she had never stepped out in faith like she did that day. That day she used that moment as a testimony to share with others. She started a small group. Many of her college friends that are students with her have given their life to Jesus since that time. You can do this. Black vest zipped up, gray stripes off the side fourth row you can do this why wouldn't why wouldn't he use you hat in the back red bill white blue cap in the back think it's a snapback kind of like a faded orange you just shrugged your shoulders you man (laughs) you can do it red shirt was that Georgia You're forgiven. You can do it. Why not you? Why not now? God wants to use you to upset the world with the message, love, and hope of Jesus Christ. Give him permission. Team up with him. And watch him do amazing things in your life. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Let me pray for you. God, thank you for my brothers and sisters, your sons and daughters. Thank you for the opportunity and the privilege that you've given all of us to step forward with the strength and the giftings that you've given to us. I pray that we would open up our hearts, lay our weaknesses down at your feet, and pick up the strength that you've called us to walk in. As we leave this place, we will not leave your presence. I pray, Lord God, that you would empower us to do things that we never thought were possible, only because you are with us. In the matchless name of Jesus, we pray. Everybody loved in that said amen. I love you guys. To all of our campuses, your local pastor's coming up. God bless you guys. Love you.